1: Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. My co-host Larry Dersham and I have a phenomenal show for you tonight. We have the great privilege tonight to be joined by two lovely ladies from North Carolina who you no doubt have heard of and probably have heard on the radio, on television, from coast to coast. They broke cultural and political barriers, breaking onto the scene in 2015 as Internet vloggers, as many of, uh, as many of us talk about. And they now have become two of the most important conservative influencers in the country and across America. Larry, who do we have the privilege to welcome into to the show tonight?
2: Yes, Lynette Diamond Hardaway and Rochelle Silk Richardson, better known as Diamond and Silk, are biological sisters from North Carolina and President Trump's most loyal supporters. They started in 2015 as video bloggers and became internet sensations influencers, the host of The Viewer's View and Diamond and Silk Chit Chat Live. They were lifelong Democrats and switched their party to Republican in September 2015 to vote for the candidate Donald J. Trump in the primaries and the 2016 general election. In 2015, Diamond and Silk started the Ditch and Switch Now movement, urging others to come off the Democratic plantation and switch their party to Republican to vote for then candidate Donald J. Trump. Standing with the silent majority as conservative woman, they voice their opinions about media bias and repetitive political tactics that Americans are tired of being subjected to. Diamond and Silk are not politically correct. They are politically direct. They now host their own TV show on Newsmax TV called Diamond and Silk Crystal Clear. Welcome to the show, Diamond and Silk.
1: Wow. Hello.
3: Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Wow.
1: Great You, you know, it, we understand uh, that you must have a great story of how in the world you maintain work-life balance. And I hope we get into a little of that. But I also find it fascinating that before becoming so famous in the media, you had aspirations of becoming small business owners in the beauty business and actually started your own beauty shop In North Carolina, I would love to know, as I'm sure would all our listeners, how you transitioned into becoming the media stars you are today.
3: Wow. We didn't even mean to, to we didn't even know it was going to be a transition. We (laughs) didn't mean to get famous. We didn't mean to become famous at all. It was, you know, it was the uh, 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 2016 election Mm -hmm. coming up. Back in 2015, we were looking at all of the candidates, and the one that stood out the most was the candidate, Donald J. Trump. And, you know, we just started speaking out about what we liked about him, you know, and we felt like if we felt this way, other people felt this way. We noticed how the media would manipulate us and make us Mm -hmm. think or make us want to pick who they wanted us to have and not let, not, um... Let us pick. And, you know, we decided to start stumping for Trump. The media started throwing him under the bus. Silk, so you want to say something? I'm so sorry. I was go just
4: going to say, and I guess a good thing about being a you know small business owner is basically getting to see and understand certain things, but it wasn't making sense to us. You got to keep in mind, it wasn't making sense to us because at one point in time, we were lifelong Democrats. We didn't understand it. And then whenever uh, at the then uh, time candidate Donald J. Trump came down the escalators and started speaking about a lot of stuff, then we was like, oh, well, that's where our tax dollars are going Oh, well, that's where the jobs have been going. It's like how is it that we've been living in this country for all of this time, and people are still poor? people are still broke, and we're supposed to be the richest country on earth. How is that and And nobody could answer those questions that we became enlightened to, but whenever Donald Trump came out, he was just straightforward. The illegal aliens crossing that border you know your jobs got to come back here. it's been going overseas and stuff started making sense to us and that's why we basically are the creator of the the trump train <laughs> and then we got exactly. on board and been tr- uh uh choo-chooing ever since
2: <laughs> you know ladies i know that um you're you're both christians because i i have your book i'm reading your wonderful book uh, uprising and in john chapter 8 verse 32 it says and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free or set you free In your view, is the fake news media the invisible enemy of the truth?
3: Oh, listen, they're in plain sight now. They're not the invisible enemy anymore. It's out in plain sight. They will not tell us the truth. You know, I've never in my lifetime seen the biggest disinformation campaign being pushed in our country, especially during this uh, past election, you all, and still being pushed among the American people. Mm -hmm. And when you sit back, I feel like the American people are being held hostage by our media and by these uh, big tech giants. And we give them the the leverage to do this here and i was telling silk i said you know if we're not careful the american people are going to be the creator of their own demise because Mm -hmm. we we turn them on we -hmm. we give them ratings we we download their apps and use their products Mm -hmm. and for them to turn on the american people select a president who we did not elect um, tell us to look the other way when we see voter irregularity, shut us down, stifle our freedom of speech, which is our first constitutional right. That is a problem. But who gave them the authority to do it? Who allows it to happen? The American people. And it's time for the American people to stop picking the side, get on the same side, and stand up against this tyranny. Again, I feel that we are being held hostage by the media, including Fox and these big tech giants. And, and,
4: And also keep in mind that when you say uh uh selected as president no he was selected as a dictator because he wasn't elected by we the people as the president he was selected by these elitists to be a dictator right here in this country and when you try to take and put tape over my mouth it hurts me to bite my tongue i would chew through the tape and tell you the naked nasty low down gut and written truth and that's what's happening here we don't want to talk about it and tell the naked truth about what's going on here. Some unconstitutional things happen here in our country, and we have to be the voice to stand up and talk about it. If not, they will continue to take and dictate to us how they want our country to go, and we will then become slaves.
1: You know, Diamond and Silk, a couple of things that you said really resonate with me in terms of why can't we all be on the same page? You know, yeah. as Christians, we always celebrate the reality that there's so much more that unites us than divides us. Mm-hmm. And with that mentality, as we seek to reach across the aisle in love and try to find common ground, I hear a lot of people talking about 2024 and 2022, but we would love to hear your ideas as to what we can do in 2021. How can we bring the country together together? Today, instead of worrying about future elections, surely there's ways in which we can already begin to work on our brothers and sisters across the aisle.
3: Right. The first thing we need to do is everyone needs to wake up. I think that things are happening in our country the way they are happening, to wake up the masses, to wake mm-hmm. up the people that even supported this here soft socialism that's going to be ushered in into hardcore communism. Um, we need to wake up the masses. So we need to let people see, hey, do you like the fact that the gas prices are going up? Do you like the fact that the insulin cost is going up? Do you like the fact that your 20 30 $40 and our jobs are going away all from the stroke of a pen see we have to wake up the masses and once you wake up the masses we have to stop playing this identity politics you know I'm a democrat I'm a republican when I look at it all when I look at everything it looked like that is one dirty bird with two corrupt wings. And yes. and I say that because I look at the Republicans who were supposed to take up for we the people, the people uh-huh. that yeah. put them in office and they handed our country Over to these radicals, just gave it to them. So when I look at all of that, I'm like, you know, we don't have anyone taking up for us. We have to take up for us. It's about we the people and we the people have to get on the same side. So does that mean we have to talk to our liberal brothers and sisters? Yes. We have to have a conversation because let me tell you something. When the cost of medication go up, it don't just affect Republicans, it affects Democrats. When jobs that was paying very good money are yeah. gone by the stroke of a pen, it don't just affect Republicans, it affects Democrats. So we have to reach a common ground. What affects, affects all of us, you all? This here, it happened to me, but it happens to you too. When they stifle our freedom of speech, it don't just affect Republicans, it also affect Democrats. So we're going to have to reach across the aisle. We're going to have to pull them into the fold. Stop picking sides. It's time for us to get on the same side or we're not going to have any freedoms. And like Silk just said, we're going to be slaves.
2: That's right. And one of my favorite quotes from your book says, this country was founded upon biblical principles Mm -hmm. and there's no way that we can sit by and let any devil from the pit of hell destroy what God built. Well, I recently heard from a pastor I deeply respect. He said it's no longer about right versus left, conservative versus liberal, capitalism versus socialism. It's about right versus wrong. It's about you either believe God made man or you believe man made God.
4: Mm. And I believe God made man. And that's where the divide is. And it's also about God versus demons. Yes. You know, uh, something evil have infiltrated this country, have infiltrated our schools, have infiltrated the minds of our and the, of the people that they're in government. Our government no longer works for we the people. The government now works for its own greed. It has basically gone wrong. And it feels like it's time for we the American people to go roll on them. You know, how is it that our constitutional rights, our civil liberties, our religious liberties have been stopped upon and nobody seems to be able to do anything whenever our constitutional right and Declaration of Independence is supposed to p- protect us. We, the American people, we have issues, especially when it comes down to this last election. We, the people, have some some, some, some concerns here that needs to be heard. So how is it that our last line of defense which which is the Supreme Court is not listening to us we the people if we have these laws and these rules in place for us we somebody something's supposed to be happening here and as as many times as I see our, our government that's supposed to be for us supposed to work for us supposed to fight for the benefit of us I see them up there fighting each other and and fighting against us sending our monies across seas and and taking care of foreign entities than they are here. And keep in mind, we as American citizens, we pay their salary. Our tax dollars pay their salary, y'all. And what happens when you pay somebody and they ain't working right and working out right? You fire them. Yes. So it's time
1: for us to do some firing around here. No, that's right. You know, th- we want to thank you for joining us. We're out of time, but I do want to ask, where can people find out more about you, your new TV show, and purchase a copy of your book, Uprising?
3: Okay, they can purchase a copy of the book at diamondandsilkbookstore.com. Our show come on Newsmax every Saturday called diamond and silk crystal clear you can catch it at 6 30 p.m eastern standard time we do have a weekly podcast out you can find it on apple stitches spotify rumble or anywhere you get your podcast and we also have a new social media called chatted dot com, so you can stay updated in your day and informed with diamond and silk
1: thank you ladies so much for joining the show and god bless the both of you God bless
4: you. Bless you. Thank you for having us.
1: For our listeners, don't touch that dial. We are going to be right back talking about censorship, censorship, and more censorship. Now we are actually hearing that there are states that are clamping down on social media platforms. You will not want to miss this. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. We are back in a flash.
0: News cycle lowlights have no place here.
1: You're listening to
0: the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines Streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick.
1: Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and my co-host Larry Dersham and I are back for a, a fun-filled second half after a very lively, passionate first half with Diamond and Silk, the conservative vloggers turned TV stars who were sharing a little bit about their new book, why they feel the way they do, and what the future holds for the political parties of our country. One of the things they found out firsthand, the wrong way, is what it means to be censored, to be flagged, to be called dangerous on social media. And they caused quite a stir on the beloved social media platform, Facebook, of all places. Larry, what happened here, and why were Diamond and Silk targeted?
2: They uh, are conservative, as we all know. And they were they beginning to notice that they were starting to be censored some of their um, uh, they were losing uh, followers and so forth. And uh, so they actually were called before Congress to testify. And uh, Facebook also was called before Congress as was Twitter and Google. And uh, for whatever reason, those three social media giants decided not to be there on the same day that Diamond and Silk were there. But Diamond and Silk did testify that they were being censored, their posts were being censored on Facebook. And so the Facebook uh, spokesperson, her name is Monica Burkert, uh, in open testimony before the House Judiciary Committee said, we badly mishandled our communications with Diamond and Silk, and we've worked hard to improve our relationship because we appreciate the perspective that they add to our platform. Well, I don't know if I totally believe what she was saying, but it was good. And they actually did apologize uh, to the uh, Diamond and Silk, claiming that uh, their posts were really not dangerous as they first uh, alleged. So that's good news.
1: You know, one of the interesting parts to that story, Larry, is there are so many instances of exactly this, where uh, sometimes we put the cart before the horse, you see different people getting flagged or tagged or or called out uh, one way or another, both conservative and liberal, I've seen it go both ways. And only then I suppose somebody takes a closer look at the content uh, to decide whether or not it was any violation of terms and conditions, violations of the policies and procedures. And Larry, we understand that social media platforms, it's almost impossible to police everything that is put on a site. And it's also true that when we sign up for these sites, we consent and, and agree to abide by their own terms and conditions. But one thing that we've talked about uh, to no end, and I think this is a bipartisan concern, is where is the line? Where do we draw the line between protected speech and something that might be dangerous or incendiary, or do we run afoul, or or I suppose are we in danger of simply censoring opinion?
2: I think that uh, it's obvious to me, and I think to perhaps millions of people, that the social media giants are basically pro-liberal, pro-left-wing and against the conservative media. And a good example of that would be when Twitter permanently banned President Donald Trump from any more tweets during an election year, preventing him from communicating the best way he knows how through his tweets. And what was really interesting that came out of that that I think people are finally waking up to see that this has gone way too far. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to talk about this story, Wendy, or me. The internet service provider, this is just one example, in North Idaho, that covers the North Idaho-Spokane area, uh, actually, they had a lot of complaints about... uh, People were angry that uh, Twitter was censoring our president. The name of the internet service provider is... It's called Your... T1 Wi-Fi. So what they ended up doing, they ended up uh, blocking Twitter and Facebook from their presence uh, on any in, in users of that uh, internet service provider. So the children that wanted to get to Facebook or, tw- or to tweet could not do so unless they specifically called the internet service provider. So it was almost like that internet service provider was pushing back against this unfair fair censorship
1: you know, that's a really interesting point, Larry. And you know, that story illustrates how divisive this issue has become. You know, I swear 10 years ago, you and I would have been talking about the real, the real reality mm-hmm. back then that we didn't have this reliance on social media to try to figure out what what's going on, looking for the news, speaking with our friends, voicing our opinions. I mean, think of all of the different things we do on social media today. And also think about the the fact that today, we have a society that not only relies heavily on social media, but relies heavily on it for the kinds of things that you and I used to actually turn on the the television for and watch back in the day.
2: That's true. And I know there's a push by some people to turn these social media platforms into a utility. Just like uh, for where I'm at, San Diego Gas and Electric controls all of the uh, gas and electric service to all the San Diego County, that's 3.3 million people. And they are treated not like a private company, they're kind of a blend. They're controlled highly by the government, they're regulated. And a lot of people are saying these social uh, media platforms need to be regulating, uh, regulated. They're so arbitrary right now. So that's, that's one possible response, but you're right. And here's another one, Wendy. These, when you look back, when was Facebook and Twitter and Google founded? It only goes back about 15 years or so. And why should there only be one company where you can do what's essentially a tweet? Or why should there be only one Facebook? We need competition. Competition would be good for Facebook. It would be good for Twitter and Google for sure. And there is that. So that needs to, that's a huge thing. To me, that's like the ultimate answer. We They need competition. How hard could it be to, to post something like that? And there are, Alternatives, and I think I'll try to post some of those on our uh, our our blog page, there, uh, our podcast page, where people can get that. But we need alternatives for sure.
1: Well, Larry, I understand that there's something going on in Florida as well along these lines regarding big tech censorship. What's going on down there?
2: Yeah, that's really good. I really am proud of Governor uh, Ron DeSantis and what he did. He wants to impose penalties for social media companies whose algorithms are perceived to favor one candidate over another. There's a huge allegation that they actually designed their computer software to basically block conservative uh, posts, conservative tweets, and so forth. So he wants to impose penalties. And check this out, Wendy. If he gets his legislation passed and they're still working on it, it would allow daily fines of 100000 dollars. Oh. That's per day. Oh no, that, that should get their attention. Although I don't know what the money they're making, maybe they need to even raise that.
1: You know, it, the fact that we're even talking about censorship in America, I mean, we could stop right there and, and talk about how, uh, how unbelievable that is. I mean, the reason we live here is so we aren't censored. Um, however, we as lawyers also understand there are boundaries to the uh, free speech that we enjoy, the free speech protections, the free speech examples that we see on social media. It seems like that line has really been blurred over the years, sometimes one way and sometimes another. I mean, Larry, when you and I were growing up, you would never hear the kind of language on television that you hear nowadays. Yet, Mm. yet on social media, we did hear language. I don't mean racially charged language. I just mean parlance that wasn't used Back when you and I were growing up, everything has changed so dramatically. It seems like one of the challenges in drafting this kind of legislation and in deciding who to censor, what what social media platforms you do and don't provide your provide access to, doesn't that also have to be the way words matter more and differently nowadays? Who gets to decide that when it comes to this type of censorship?
2: Yeah, I guess the uh, FTC, right, the Federal Trade Commission, at, at one point do, does, but I tell you, talking about that uh, we're hearing language today that we didn't when we were, were uh, you know, a few years ago, you really get that feeling. When I went away in the service, I was out of country for a full year. I came back and I turned on the TV and I said, are they allowed to say that on TV? It has shifted. It's almost like you can see it so clearly when you're away from it. But as we're in the, the midst of this matrix, we don't notice the shift. But you're you're exactly right. But I think possibly the Federal Trade Commission Uh, There needs to be some watchdog groups, perhaps, that kind of keep it in check and so forth.
1: Yeah, you know, um, when we talk about who polices this, I always come back to this issue of social policing. You know, we spend so much time talking about the fact that we have laws and we have regulations and there's sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. But then we also are expected to police each other, to make sure that we are are acting and comporting ourselves in a fashion that is becoming of ourselves, our profession, our family, our party, and everything else. And you wonder whether or not that will ever catch fire, whether people will ever actually say, look, let's work together and make sure that we can maintain social media as the brilliant form for the exchange of ideas that it is without running afoul of rules, laws, legislation that, that prohibits these types of things, or you know false news
2: exactly and there's another aspect too besides censorship with these big tech companies wendy that i just wanted to bring to people's attention they say that facebook i mean mark zuckerberg donated 419 million dollars towards the election and it's been shown and i believe it's true that they they kind of targeted areas that were favorable towards the Democrat Party and not favorable towards the Republican Party. They would put drop boxes for mail-in ballots in all the Democrat areas where there's strong Democrat presence, but very few, if any, in the Republican area. And that brings that's almost half a billion dollars. And that just brings to mind that that should be treated, in my opinion, as a political in-kind donation. So if there's a limit, just hypothetically, of $2,000 on a campaign that you can donate money-wise, there should also be a limit on in-kind donations of $2,000. In fact, there is under the the laws. So that needs to be reined in, too. So not only are they censoring conservative talk, they are actually, with their money, the millions and billions they're making are using that money to influence the elections by their, their donations, their money.
1: Yeah, no, a lot to think about, Larry, certainly. Thank you for bringing all that up. Um, and thank you to our listeners. This has been a very exciting, um, lively segment with Diamond and Silk and then following up with some of the, uh, some of the ways in which social media platforms are changing. Uh, but we want to wish you a wonderful week. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your Saturday night with us. Please join us next week for more of Today with Dr. Wendy, Headlines with the Silver Lining. Have a wonderful week and God bless you.